Thank you for joining us here at Brave Church. We hope our teaching inspires you. For more information about gathering times, events, and other resources, visit brave.church. Here's this week's talk. Man, welcome to Brave. Uh, It is so good to be with you guys. It's the last day of 2017. You made it. Yeah, we can applaud for that. Yeah. Hey, if there was something that you wanted to get done this year and you haven't done it yet, you still have like 13 and a half hours to get it done. All right. So make the best use of your time. And that's going to be a great Sunday. Hey, if, uh, if you didn't get program notes, you're going to need them. So if you didn't get them, uh, pop a hand up in the air and one of our ushers will be happy to make sure that you get one. Well, to commemorate the end of this calendar year, uh, Google has actually released some really cool videos to help us remember the events of this past year. And they released them on social media. You might have seen them already. But one of the videos said, um, all of the most significant and memorable searches of 2017 all had one single word in common, and it was the word how. So here are some of the questions that were searched in this past year. How do I watch the eclipse? You remember that this summer? All of us intelligent human beings stood outside and stared at the sun for hours. We did that this year. That was part of 2017. Um, How to be a good parent. All right, good question. Um, How to be a superhero. Lots of people want to join the Avengers, okay? And lastly, how to run for office. Apparently, Google can help you with that, okay? Uh, There were also, though, some deeper how questions that kind of reflected some of the events of this year. Questions like, how do wildfires start? How do hurricanes form? How do I help flood victims or victims from Las Vegas or Puerto Rico or Mexico? How do I make a difference in this world? And then perhaps one of the most important questions that we can ask is, how do I move forward? You know, 2017 was a pretty overwhelming year. And as I sat there and I was watching this video and looking at all of the images scroll by on the screen, I thought, man, I'm really ready for this year to be over, right? Don't we come to a new year and somehow we just magically expect that because it's a new year, everything's going to be different? We just expect that 2018, it's a fresh new start. Like none of that happened. Well, here's the thing. There were some actually some pretty great things that happened in 2017. Maybe some great things happened in your life. Uh, In my life, my brother-in-law got married and then they got pregnant. And then my wife and I moved into... No, no. That was not an announcement of... Anyways, we moved into our first home. Man. At least not that I'm aware of. So, um, and then, uh, and then, and then here's the thing. Last Christmas, a week ago, I told my wife that we can get our very first dog together. She's going to pick out our first dog. It was like an Instagram worthy moment where she's crying. Yeah, we got some dog people. Go dog people. Um, so whatever 2017 was like for you, don't we all just want to have an even better 2018 Like, don't we just want to have a good year? We all want to move forward, but do you know how? Do you know how to move forward? And it's a question that many of us are asking, or at very least we're Googling the question, right? So today we're going to look at God's word. We're going to look at the Bible and how it will help us answer this question. And we're going to read from a time when Jesus's disciples were facing some overwhelming circumstances. And it was like us on the eve of a new beginning for them. And they were asking, how do I move forward? 
So let's jump right into our passage, John chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. It's in your program notes and on the screen behind me. Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the end of one year and the beginning of the next. And God, I just pray this morning that you would speak clearly to each and every one of our hearts. I pray this morning that we would hear from your word and that your spirit would speak to us in a way that gives us clarity on how to move forward amidst troubling times. God, we love you. We want to hear from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's, uh, let's take a look at the context of this passage so that we can better relate to it. Uh, the disciples, they had been hearing troubling news after troubling news after troubling news. If they had iPhones, they probably would have turned off all of their notifications because they just wanted the troubling news to stop. You ever done that? I'm just tired of getting notifications. Tell it to stop. And here's some of the troubling news that the disciples were hearing. While Jesus had just washed their feet, They had just heard Jesus talking about going away or dying. That's their leader, going away and dying. Then they watched Judas walk out after Jesus predicted that someone in the group would betray him. And then they heard Jesus predict that Peter, who was like one of the main leaders, like one of the guys that had it together, they heard Jesus predict that Peter would completely deny Jesus. Not once, not twice, but three times. So talk about overwhelming news and circumstances. Also, this passage takes place in what many refer to as the farewell discourse of Jesus. Um, Jesus had actually adapted something that would be commonly known in Judaism at the time, a farewell formula, if you will. And so as Jesus was speaking, the disciples would have been hearing him speak and they would have recognized this farewell formula. And you can imagine what the disciples are thinking why is Jesus starting to say farewell? Where is he going? Is he going somewhere? Can we follow? Does anyone else know? Did he, did he miss telling me? 
their hearts were understandably troubled. And you can imagine them asking the same question that we ask in overwhelming circumstances. How is this all going to end? Have you ever found yourself wondering, I don't, I don't know how all this is going to end. I, I don't know how the, all the chips are going to fall. Well, the Greek word for troubled is a word terasso. And it's important because it's the very same word that was used to describe Jesus three times in the book of John. Once it described Jesus when he was facing his friend Lazarus's death. Once when he was contemplating the cross. And then once more when he was facing his impending betrayal by Judas. And Jesus knew that his trial and his death were literally hours away at this point. And that eventually Jesus would have to go. He'd have to leave the disciples that he so loved here on earth. And Jesus is thinking to himself, I know that you feel troubled, but there's troubling news still coming ahead. There's still more trouble ahead. And also Jesus knew that tomorrow would begin a new era, a new beginning of how the disciples would operate. Because once Jesus goes on trial, everything changes for them. It's not so joyful and easy to just walk with Jesus. It changes once Jesus goes on trial. This past year for us, wasn't it marked with just lots of troubling news? Man, there was a lot this past year. There were hurricanes. There were earthquakes in land. There were earthquakes in politics, right? Uh, There was devastating shootings. There were fires. And we all just want to know, how do I feel less troubled in 2018? Jesus speaks really clearly and speaks really directly. And he begins with this, John 14, 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And I imagine that as Jesus spoke those words, the disciples would have just felt a sense of peace. Have you ever gone through something and had someone tell you it's going to be okay? And there's that tendency to snap back at them like, don't tell me it's going to be okay. You don't know it's going to be okay. You don't know how all this works out. And then there's that one time when someone responds, actually, I have been where you are. I actually have been through that and you're going to be okay. You feel really bad for, you know, snapping back at them. Uh, Jesus says, don't be troubled. And it carries significant weight because Jesus knew what it was like to feel troubled. Jesus wasn't immune to feeling troubled. The son of God knew what it was like to feel troubled. And so he understood where they were at. When I was a kid, um, I would ride my Razor scooter around in the front street. You remember those Razor scooters? I saw one the other day. I think they're like making a comeback or something. And I was riding my, I thought I was really good. Like I thought I was the best scooterer in my entire city. I think I tried to form a club. I was the only person that ever joined. And um, I thought I could jump like three feet in the air, which was silly because I can't even flat jump a foot off the air. So anyways, um, one day though, a car was turning down the street and uh, I wanted to impress whoever was, I didn't know the person, but I thought I'd impress them, show them how good I was. And I tried to do this really cool stop on the scooter, but the scooter fell out, flew out from underneath me. And I literally did the splits across the concrete in front of this car and made a big mess and fool of myself. And, uh, and so I scraped the inside of my knee, like really, really bad. And I'm sitting there on the ground, humiliated in front of this car of the person that I don't know. And, uh, and I'm literally wondering, like, am I ever going to walk again? Like, is this going to need to get amputated? Like, is there concrete in there? I don't know. And I remember my parents coming out and just telling me, it's going to be okay. 
You don't need to get amputated. You're going to walk again. This isn't that kind of injury. And there's no concrete in there. You're going to be fine. And I trusted my parents because I knew that they had been scarred once. I knew that they had had scrapes and cuts and bruises. And they're smarter than me. And so I believed them when they told me it was going to be okay. And in this passage, it's like Jesus is, is comforting his disciples in their moment of trouble. And they're saying, he's saying, it's going to be okay. I know that you're troubled. I know it's unnerving, but it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And can you imagine the peace that comes from just hearing Jesus say, do not let your hearts be troubled. In fact, I'd even say for some of us today, you've been so troubled by the events of this past year that maybe you just need to hear God say to you today, don't let your hearts be troubled. I know what's going on. I know this is difficult. I know it hurts. But don't let your hearts be troubled. So the disciples, they feel peace. Jesus has comforted them. He did his job as their leader. They feel at peace. And then Jesus continues on. And he starts talking about going to his father's house to prepare a place for them. And that he's going to go somewhere. And then he's going to come back. And he's going to take them with him. And they already know the way to where he's going And just like that, their hearts are troubled again. Jesus, you're going where? Wait, wait, did anyone catch where he said he was going? I missed that. And he said we already knew the way, but I didn't hear where Jesus said he was going. So their hearts are filled with anxiety again. There's overwhelming questions. And then comes the first how question from Thomas. Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Point number one in your notes, who we bring our questions to determines the answer that we receive. Thomas could have easily just turned to one of the other disciples and said, "Um, hey, John, you're you're pretty close with Jesus. In fact, you're writing this book about him. Um, Question, did he tell you where he was going? Like he could have just asked one of his friends. Um, There are some questions, by the way, that I, I think are really great to bring to friends. There are some questions that are really great to bring to Google. Um, I bring questions to Google like math problems that I can't solve because I'm not very good at math. I'm a musician. I count to four and then I start all over again. That's as far as I can count. Okay. I ask Siri questions like Siri, uh, what's the fastest way home? Or can you call my wife? And I really admire all of the people that in 2017 asked Google Um, how do I make a difference or how do I be a better parent? But do you really want to ask Google that question? I searched this week, how do I make a difference? And Google gave me 54,400,000 search results back. By the time you read half of them, you've already missed your chance to make a difference, right? You've totally missed it. It's not exactly a clear and concise answer. Now, there are times where I bring my questions to a friend, right, or to people that I consider wise. And the Bible says that there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Proverbs eleven fourteen, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Listen, wise counsel and friends, they're great. But for all of my really big questions, I'm bringing them straight to Jesus. When I'm overwhelmed, I'm bringing them to Jesus. And often because I've brought him my question, I then find that I hear God's voice speaking through the counsel of a friend or someone that is wise. 
but it's Jesus first. It's not Jesus alone. It's not wise counsel alone. It's not Google alone. It's Jesus first. Because when we bring our questions to Jesus first, then it allows God to have the first word into our question. Sometimes we're so quick to ask for everyone's input that we can crowd out the noise of just hearing God speak into our questions first. Thomas brings this how question straight to Jesus, not to one of his friends, not to Twitter to see who might answer it, but to Jesus. And look what happens. Jesus responds with one of the most famous verses in the entire Bible. He responds with a revelation about himself. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a good answer. Let's unpack that for a second. The the word way means that Jesus is the path. It implies that Jesus is the path. He's exclusively the only way to God the Father. And it implies that if we're following Jesus, he's not just gonna lead us to the destination, but because he's the path, he's gonna be with us every step of the way. In other words, Jesus isn't at the end of the path just waiting for us. Jesus is on the path because he is the path with us on every step of the way. The the word truth implies dependability, When you're going somewhere, when you're on uh, Google Maps and you're going somewhere, don't you want to know that the way that you're going is the right way? How many times do we like flip between different apps to just check if there's a better way? We do that all the time, right? And Jesus is saying, I'm the truth, which means you can depend on me. So when I say I'm the way, now I'm letting you know I'm dependable. You can depend on me because I'm the truth. And then the word life is is this Greek word zoe, and I love this. It means the condition of living or the state of being alive, but especially happiness and health and vitality. Every day is my state of being, is my attitude, is all that I am full of life. Because isn't that the life we want? Like think, think ahead, 2018. Don't you want 2018 just to be full of life? Yeah, like that's the kind of life I want. And Jesus says, I am that life. I am the vitality and the happiness and the health that you want in your life. And you can depend on me because I'm the truth and I am with you on this journey moving forward. And so because Thomas brought his question to the right source, he received a revelation from God that still moves our hearts today. As you look towards 2018, um, what, what questions are you asking right now? Think about that. And then think, what, who are you asking those questions to? Where are you bringing those questions? Are you wanting to become a better parent in this next year or a better spouse or a better friend or a better coworker? Are you wanting to make a difference in this world? Well, what would happen if we all brought our questions to Jesus this year? We looked at the word of God and let the word of God give us direction and revelation about how we're to live our life. Because when we bring our questions to Jesus, he can respond to us with a revelation that can change our life for the better. Number two in your notes, without an experience of God, you can't fully know God. Jesus says, 
Uh, If you really know me, you will know my father as well. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. There's something that's interesting that's happening here in the text. Um, In verse four, when Jesus was talking to the disciples, he said, you know the way to the place where I'm going. He uses a Greek word, uh, which means to have knowledge about through reflection and thinking. Okay, sometimes at the year end, we do a lot of reflecting and thinking about this past year, right? So to know is the word oida, to, to reflect and think about. And then Thomas's question back to Jesus, Lord, we don't know about, we, we can't reflect and think about where you're going. So then Jesus realizes, oh, you need a different kind of knowledge. Jesus then responds to a new word when he says, if you really know me, you will know my father as well. And this is the word that means to know experientially. You can write that in your notes, to know experientially. In other words, in order to know how to move forward, it's gonna require way more than just reflecting and thinking about it. It's gonna require a real experience with God. One of my favorite places on the earth is the road to Hana in Maui. And I've got a picture here. I mean, I kind of wish I was there right now. This is a pretty great place to be, but that looks pretty amazing. And the road to Hana is world famous for like mile after mile of beautiful scenery, of hikes and waterfalls and trails and pools. And it's just beautiful. If you've never been, I highly recommend it. Well, I had knowledge about the road to Hana because before I went, I researched it. I Googled it. I knew that was a place I wanted to go. I learned about all of the turnoffs. And then when I got to Hawaii, I asked locals about what all their favorite places were on the road to Hana. Where's the best place to get fresh banana bread on the road to Hana, right? And so I learned a lot about the road to Hana. But it wasn't until I actually drove on the road that I could say that I experienced the road to Hana. My knowledge changed when I actually drove on the road and experienced it. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, There's a a fun story that kind of happened on on our honeymoon. My wife and I were going and we knew we wanted to go. We had researched it. And, uh, and we went to the car rental place to pick up the car that we had reserved. And they told us that they were out of the car that we had reserved, which I thought was the point of reserving a car so that you know there's going to be a car there. And so we're talking to the lady at the front desk, and she says, well, I can't give you the car that you reserved, but um, I can give you a free upgrade to a convertible Mustang if you would like. Yep, we'll take that. That should do. That'll, 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 that'll make, it, make it work. And, uh, and so I got to experience the road to Hana, this beautiful mile after mile of road with the sunroof off of the car, the wind in our face, the smells of the air. And I also got to experience a sunburn because I'm really pale and I burn easily and there was no roof on the car. My knowledge changed once I actually experienced the road to Hana. And so I can speak about it today because I've experienced it. Jesus is saying to Thomas, you know the path, you know the way forward, not just because you know about me, but because you have experienced me. And I imagine that when Jesus said that to the disciples, they're reflecting on their own experiences with Jesus. The awe of watching bread multiply 5,000, 10,000 times to feed people. They were probably whispering amongst themselves. Do you, do you remember that time we, we saw that blind person see? 
they had never seen before and they, they saw for the first time. Or that time that a lame person who could never walked stood up, picked up their mat and, and walked and jumped around. Do you remember the time where we saw a friend rise from the dead or the amazement of that one time when Jesus was walking on the water and we saw that with our own eyes? Or that time that with one word, he just told the, the, the wind and the waves to be still and they were calmed. In your own life, remember how God provided for you when you didn't think there was a way out or the time that he healed someone that you cared about or the time that you got that job that you didn't think you'd get, but you really believed that it was what God wanted for you. And so you prayed for it, you went after it and God provided or the time that God answered a prayer for you. Don't just know that something happened. Remember the experience of God in each and every one of those moments and then believe and ask God for fresh experiences as you move forward. Only looking to the past is not going to get you through to tomorrow. And in uncertain times, Jesus tells his disciples that it's their experience of God that will give them courage along the way forward. Chris Rice is a singer-songwriter, and um, he has this old, clever, somewhat cheesy song called Eighth Grade. And in it, he writes that the worst parts of eighth grade are trivial compared to what we face today. And so he jokes, the worst thing I could mess up was dipping yesterday's corn dog in last week's ketchup. Oh, I love the eighth grade. And when you think about it, like, there's really not that much you can really mess up in eighth grade compared to some of what we face today. But he has this line in the chorus that uh, is really profound and the words have stuck with me to today. He says, why does the past always seem safer? Maybe because at least we know we made it. And why do we worry about the future when every day will come just the way that God ordained it? Sometimes when we face troubling times, we look to the past because we just want the comfort of knowing that we made it. But Jesus is saying, in order to move forward, experience me in the future, I'm the way and you can depend on me, it's gonna require a fresh new experience with me. We can look to the past and long for the good old days and completely miss God in this good day. I don't want to repeat the experiences I had in 2015. Those were 2015's experiences. I want a fresh experience. I want a new experience with God. In three years, I want to look back and say, God gave me the experience I needed at that time, not a repeat of what he'd already done. I want a fresh experience with God. As you go into a new year, don't you want a fresh experience with God in this new year? So as you enter 2018, purpose in your heart to experience God every day, every week, every month of this new year. And listen, join us next Sunday. I'm so excited for this Gospel of Mark series that we're starting. It's a brand new series. And I'm excited about it because we're gonna learn how to experience Jesus together. That's what we're gonna begin this year doing. Psalm 34, eight says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Those are experience words. Taste, see. You know, God God is not hiding from you. He's not hiding from you. This isn't a game of hide and go seek. God wants you to experience him. That's why he sent Jesus. Because he wants us to experience him. 
And if you want to know the way forward, the way that gives exuberant, happy life, even in the midst of really troubling times, then it's going to require a fresh new experience with God. And you won't be able to move forward in the way that you really want without a fresh experience of God. And so this then brings us to today's how question. How then do I experience God? Well, it's really simple. Six times in 14 verses, Jesus says the word believe. Believe in me. Believe in God. Believe that the Father and I are one. Believe because of what you have experienced and seen me do. Believe and you'll do the things I've done and even greater things will you do. When Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled, he immediately follows it up with the word believe. Don't let your hearts be troubled, believe. It's human nature to try and solve issues on our own, isn't it? We all want to try and solve our, fix our own issues. But believing in God, it's an ongoing process. It's not just a one-time decision. Believing in God is ongoing. I believe God every day for what he's going to provide and do in my life. It means that we actively trust that God is bigger than our situations. We've already identified there's some troubling situations in our world, haven't we? Do you believe that God is bigger than those situations or do you believe that those situations are bigger than God? Where are you placing your belief? In troubled times, Jesus says, I'm still the way to move forward because I'm the way that will bring you safely to my father's house. I'm the way to life. Follow me. And only Jesus can deliver on that offer. So how do we move forward? How do we experience God? We learn to believe in and experience Jesus. Be with him in this moment. Hear God speaking to you. Hear his gentle whisper. Hear God's word to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe. It begins with worship. It begins with putting God in his rightful place in our life. Believe in Jesus. Have a new experience with God every day this year. I dare you. And when we do, then God gives us the kind of life we've always wanted. Vibrant, vitality, happy, exuberant life. And we will do great things. And prayers will be answered. And a real difference is gonna be made in this year when we believe. That's how we experience God. Would you close your eyes? And if you wouldn't mind bowing your heads. If you have uh, never made the decision to say, I believe in Jesus, then I just wanna give you an opportunity this morning to believe in him. For the first time, it's not just a one-time decision, but maybe for the first time this morning, you need to say, I believe in God and I wanna place my trust in him. And if you have never made that decision to believe in Jesus, I wanna invite you at this time, just just raise your hand. Just say, God, I wanna believe in you for the first time in my life. I wanna believe, I wanna put my trust in you. Amen, yeah. I believe that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. 
Some of you here, uh, maybe you follow Jesus. You've already said, I believe in God. And you follow Jesus for maybe a short time, maybe a long time. And some of you are, are just saying, you know what I really need in 2018? I need a fresh experience with God. It's been a while since I've just had a fresh experience with God. And so if, if, if you're here this morning and you just want to experience God in a new way in 2018, just raise your hand. I wanna experience God in 2018. I wanna have new experiences with God in 2018. I wanna experience God like I've never experienced God in this year. Yeah, there's hands all over the place. Man, that's my prayer for us. And that's what God wants for us. Jesus, we want to experience you this year. There is troubling news, but God, you are greater than our troubling news. You are greater than troubled times and we put our faith and our trust in you. It is as we believe in you that we find our way forward. And we just pray that this year ahead would be full of life and full of fresh experiences with Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.